The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. If you are a new listener to the podcast, I want to say welcome. As a listener, you have access to my free nine-part email course called Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you will explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to attract your ideal holistic clients. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down, enter your name and email address today. Moving on to today's episode. I am so excited for today's guest. I've been waiting for this episode to record and looking forward to this interview since I booked it. This is a topic I've received the most questions from listeners about, and I'm happy that we'll have some answers today. Today's guest is Paula Spare. She is a former educator and classically trained musician. She left teaching due to illness, which led her to study yoga and Ayurveda for 15 years. During that time, she opened and returned to her love of the metaphysical, which led to the birth of Open Key Tarot. Recently, she received her master's in counseling, and she's working towards removing the stigma and taboo of holistic modalities in counseling. She is passionate about ethically enhancing traditional theoretical modalities like CBT with archetypal, I think that's how, is that how you say it, Paul? Yeah, <laughs> archetypal, I guess it's archetypal tools yeah. like tarot. <laughs> Okay. Big words for me today. Welcome to the podcast, Paula. Thank you, Chris. So glad. Yeah. So glad you could be here with us today. Using tarot and counseling has been the, one of the biggest questions I've received from listeners so far. That's really exciting so can to you hear tell, because, yeah. Isn't it? I know. Yeah. For sure. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself and your work? Absolutely. And thanks for having me here. I just want to say I'm excited to be here because when you're saying that yes. you get a lot of questions about that, I'm actually was surprised to hear that because there's just a lot of taboo about tarot. Yeah. So a little bit about me. I was an educator for a long time and then I took time off due to some health issues and that kind of led me into the journey with exploring tarot, which I always had a lot of intuitive skills and some people, I guess you would call it psychic ability. I've had it since I was a kid, which I, my parents steered me away from because of religious upbringing. But it, was, it just came very natural to me. So during that time when I got into the yoga and the Ayurveda, I just gravitated back to cards because I felt like so much of the empathic energy that I felt, I could just kind of focus on the cards and not feel so much in my body, if that makes sense. So That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I had already received a master's degree in liberal studies with a focus on mythology and archetypes and had written a thesis on that. So it just lined up for me, if that makes sense. And I, I basically had just gobbled up everything you could think of on young archetypes, women's mythology, astrology, every culture. I mean, I was like into the Rig Veda. I just, I, I just went there. 
And I was, you know, teaching a college level English class and speaking about different archetypes just in, you know, literature with my students. This was also a little bit prior to my leaving education. I guess the journey maybe even started a little bit before the yoga, if that makes sense. So I just got into the, the tarot cards and, you know, I guess one of my yoga students was like, you know, Paula, you, you need to do this professionally. And I was like, no. And they're like, no, like you got this. And I, you know, took a, a couple day class with a guy up in Pennsylvania. And he was like, you are just natural. He's like, you just know how to do this. And so that was just how it all started with Open Key Tarot. So I started doing that. And then what I started to see was I was getting a lot of clients who I knew had mental health issues. And ethically, I felt very uncomfortable working with them and just knew that I could not in a good conscience, right? Work with them. Yeah. And yeah. I would like look up in the phone book, you know, and a lot of the people I have are global. Like I have clients who are in the UK. I have people who are in Australia and I was like, well, if they were on this continent. I was like, well, can we find somebody in your area? Cause I was like, I, I just don't feel right. I, I don't have the expertise to diagnose you, but this feels intuitively like maybe bipolar or a major trauma. So that was what led me to get a degree in clinical mental health counseling because I felt like I had to merge the two together. Nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations on getting that. So let's backtrack for a second for some listeners who may not know what tarot cards are. Can you kind of share a little bit more of what they are and how they're used? Okay. That's a perfect way to segue. So tarot cards, just the shortest, most easy answer are cards that have symbols and are an archetype. So an archetype is just like a prototype. So like a father figure, a mother figure. So in the most basic deck of tarot cards, you have the royal suit of the king, the queen, the knight, and the princess. Okay. And they are representative of the internal things that happen within us. And they originated in Europe as playing cards. They really had no connection to the metaphysical or spiritual world at all. And it wasn't until certain metaphysical groups started to use them as a way to divinate. And the word divination is just a derivative from the word divine. But basically, they started as just playing cards in royal families and people who had wealth. But today, there are just tons of different decks that we can use, but they have symbols on them. Are all the symbols the same on the different decks? That's a tricky question, Chris, because it depends on the deck you buy. They've just... That's um, what I wondered. Yeah. Yeah. So when I teach tarot classes for beginners, I try to, to let people kind of pick what they want. But like if they say, well, hey, Paula, like I got this deck, is this going to work? I'm like, well, I kind of wanted us to all look at the same thing. So I kind of give them a couple different decks to pick from that are sort of similar because they've just evolved, especially over the past, I would say 15 years, the industry has just boomed with tarot decks. Yeah, because I've seen so many out there and that's why I always wondered if there's differences and it sounds like there is. I guess the answer to that question a little more efficiently would be that most decks have suits, almost like a playing 
card deck. Okay. So when you're talking about a tarot deck, you know, you've got the cups, that's a suit. Just like if you have diamonds in a playing card deck, does that make sense? Um, that's a good so, way to describe <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then you've got swords. So like today on my social media account, I posted the Ten of Swords. But if you looked at that particular card from the Lightseers Tarot, they had birds. They were like crows instead of actual swords. So the symbolism was a little different. Okay. So how can these help therapists in sessions with clients? So that's really the most powerful question. I feel that they definitely help with clients who are stable, who don't have psychosis, who we know that like are really responsive to things like CBT therapy and narrative therapy. So that would be my my first answer to that, Chris. People who, you know, have good grounding like who already have the grounding tools. And I think that if we're talking to therapists who like, they're like, all right, yeah, I, I've got a, people, a couple of people that, like that in my caseload. Does that make sense? The sure. second, yeah. second part of that is you have to be able to tie it to theoretical orientation. And I think I heard you talk about that on one of your podcasts because I was following Probably. you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Because you, you know, just about being grounded in theoretical orientation. But the second part is, you know, how could they help therapists? So somebody who's having a hard time with, for example, money and giving away more and or feeling like they're just completely completely drained. You could have a deck of cards, say you were doing in-person, for example, and you could have them take the cards and shuffle the deck and take a look at which one they pull out. And you could say, let's talk about this. And how do you feel about looking at that? What does this card make you, what does it bring up for you and discuss it? It doesn't have to be a spiritual significance. For example, it sounds like you and them too, that how, what does this bring up in you to really using those counseling skills and connecting with that part? It does. So you're giving that image to the client and you're asking, how are you feeling when you look at this image? Another way that you could use the cards is, and then I've done this with teletherapy, I'll send an image to the client I'll say, you know, do you like me to pick something for you? And they'd say, yes. And then I'll send it to them and I'll say, okay, do you want to like, just write down a couple thoughts about how that makes you feel? And do you want to read that for me? And some clients who like homework between sessions, they'll take that image and write about it and then they'll bring it to the next session. That sounds so interesting too, and a great way to get them more involved with that. It is. A couple other things to consider is you were asking me about different types of cards. There are ones that, that look less tarot-y and don't look witchy, if you will, or mystical. Does that make sense? Yes. And so you have to know your audience. We all do this as therapists. During intake, we get to know the cultural and religious backgrounds of our clients. If we're sensing that, you know, the client is open to doing a little more investigative work and they're a visual person and it aligns with, you know, the theoretical orientation, there are decks of cards. And I teach this in, you know, my classes that you can choose from that don't really have that super mystical vibe to them. Because I have one client who has very, very strong Christian beliefs, but I've used this modality with him. 
and it's you know been very helpful. He likes it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's not threatening or, you know, there, I'm sure there's not things on there that would cause them to, you know, be like, what is this? Is this evil? What are you using? Is this fortune telling? Because I know mm-hmm. I've heard that too, as a fortune telling tool. And, and a lot of religions I know are against that. And I think that's another piece of the whole taboo with tarot is the fortune telling part. Yes, that's what I've heard. Yeah. You know, and I think this is where I kind of step out on, you know, into the light with this, because a piece of the work that I do in Open Key Tarot is I do the intuitive part, which is separate from Paula, the therapist. It's just, you know, and I think you, I heard you talk about this a little bit in one of your podcasts, Chris, like you have to be very careful about what you're offering people. Yeah. Like I wouldn't do a tarot reading for a mental health client. So that's the difference, I guess. That is the difference. And okay. it's, a, it's, it's, it's an ethical line. So the, I guess we're, I, I want to make the distinction in what we're talking about today is the tarot cards in a clinical practice would be something, it would be a tool just like if you have in a box where the client comes into your room and you're like, hey, do you want to work with these today? They are working with them to maybe do some narrative therapy, some CBT. If you're a psychoanalytic person, you want to work with this. It's different than a client contacting you for a reading. Two different things. Okay. So can you share how would a reading go with someone who's not a client? Okay. You're asking if somebody came to me for a reading. Like, yes. For, okay. Yep. So, which is where I started. So people, you know, I have a website or whatever, and they see my posts or whatever, and they go and they're like, you know what, I I feel like I need a reading. A reading with me would be, they just sign up. All they do is just give me their name. I log on via video. And it's kind of funny because I was kind of doing the teletherapy, tele-tarot therapy prior to COVID. It's a lot of teas. A lot of teas. <laughs> it is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I just look at them and I'm just, I just tap in and I use the cards as a way to kind of, it's like a medium between me and them. And sometimes I'll pull one or two th- cards and I'll just start to talk. I'm talking rather than them than talking. The client. Okay. Yeah. And I start to say, this is what I'm getting. This is what I hear. And then, you know, it goes like that because they're coming to hear what's being said rather than them coming to me to tell me what's being said from them or what they're, what they need to say. So it's just a, a total reversal, but sometimes people need that. So that's why I keep the two separate. Because okay, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't crisscross them because they don't belong. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's helpful to have that clarification. Absolutely, and I but I also think that there's a place for that because it's kind of like sometimes people do need to hear, and then other times people they need to talk, and that's a distinction where you know as a counselor you're not there to tell them anything. Okay. So that keeps you in your counselor role. Yes. Yeah. Ethically, I would think. Yeah. So, you know, I thought a lot about this, Chris, you know, because I was like, wow, I'm like, this is a slippery slope with the tarot cards, right? But I do feel that it has its place just like doing some yoga 
with a client. You know, some people need other modalities, I think. Yeah, something more. That, that's what I feel with a lot of the holistic strategies. It does bring your practice with clients to the next level because it gives them something more than just talk therapy. Agreed. So you mentioned integrating traditional theoretical modalities like CBT. How does that work if you were going to use tarot with CBT? That's a great question as well. So example, say you have a client who is working really hard to change some thinking about a work situation about, you know, just like, you know, I I keep messing up and like, I never, it never gets any better. Right. And say you have an understanding as a therapist, a little bit about which cards in the tarot deck have implications for being positive about work, because there are cards like the three of pentacles is the work card. It's a collaboration with coworkers card, basically. And so if you had your client take a look at that, discuss it, you could even have your client look at that and focus on that when they start to feel like, you know, I don't get along with my coworkers. When those thoughts start going in that other direction, that's one way of doing the thought stuff with the CBT and the tarot cards. And there's so many variations of like the three of pentacles because pentacles have to do with money and earth stuff. So, okay, yeah. So again, there's that, like, you're not doing a reading for them at all. It's just like, we're going to just talk about this today. Like this is, you know, how do you feel like, you know, about looking at something that would kind of be a good visual to bring you back? Would this be something that would be helpful? And it may not be helpful for them, but it, it's an idea that you could kind of use as a toolbox or out of the toolbox for the client who's doing the CBT. Yeah, the visual would help mm-hmm. as a reminder, especially some people are more visual in their learning styles. If they could screenshot it. They could, ha- you know, have a picture of it. Some okay. people do like they'll just like download it on their phone or keep it on their desk. You know, so like say they're having trouble at work and his coworkers. Like the Three of Pentacles is literally a picture of three people working and putting things together. So it's like a very helpful visual of getting along. Got to work at this. Mm-hmm. I can see that how that would be helpful. So I know you mentioned narrative therapy, that it can sometimes be useful with that. So I'm not as familiar with that kind of therapy. Can you share how that could work with tarot? So narrative therapy, the way I use narrative therapy, which I think might be a little looser than some other people, because I know a lot of people do it with like family therapy. That was the way I was trained. But the minor arcana, so let me just give you a little back, back up a little bit on tarot. The tarot is broken down into major arcana, which are like the full all the way up to the world card, the the world. Okay. Anyway, the very last card, which is like, yeah, I know my stuff with the judgment card. Okay. So the very end. And then the minor card are the numbered cards. Okay. Okay. The minor arcana. And so when we're talking about narrative therapy, I feel like those numbered cards are great for narrative therapy because they show lots of family stuff. They show loss. They show triumph. They show working through things. And there's a lot of story in those minor arcana or arcana, people say, cards. Whereas the major arcana are just like the 
big boom, 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 boom. It's like the hero's journey. Whereas the minor arcana, I always say that wrong. People will correct me. It's not arcana, it's arcana, Paula. So Um, arcana, is that just the type of cards? It's the mystery. That's that's the translation. Arcana, arcana means mystery. Potato, potato. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, you're so spot on with that. Yes, it's like, we don't want to get into an argument about this, but... The, the numbered cards, so that's where I just say the numbered cards, the two of swords or the three of swords, all of these, the four of swords, they show the narrative. And so I feel like those are the best ones that show like how to like run through and change those narratives. Like here's a really good one, the five of pentacles. So I'm talking about money and self-worth, lack and all those things. In the Rider weight, which is a very traditional tarot deck one that I think everybody just starts with, it shows people being kind of left out in the cold. It shows this feeling of like, I don't have enough. I am not enough. That's a narrative. And That's it's, a narrative for a, a lot of clients. Yeah. Isn't it? For sure. Yeah. I feel like those are the best cards to kind of like really play around with. Like, so you could kind of like take those out of the deck and just kind of work with those with your clients if you wanted to do narrative therapy. Yeah, I could see how a lot of clients could resonate with that and really keep them more focused in the session. Mm -hmm. So how do you introduce tarot? Let's say you have a new client who's never heard of it or doesn't know anything about it. How would you introduce it to them? Oh, that's a great, great question. I wait to kind of just see, obviously, I, I like to see where they are, what what issues that they are coming to counseling for. I don't introduce anything, you know, in the first few sessions. If it's something is just like stress, basically just like an adjustment disorder type of thing, I feel like that might be somebody's a good candidate, but I definitely want to find out enough about their cultural, religious background. And then the way I would introduce it is like, I ask them like, how do you feel? Like, those are the words, you know, like, tell me how you feel about like trying some different therapies. And then I would show them this. I'm like, look, I just wanted to show this to you. And I just ask you, like, is this something that you'd be interested in doing? And I demystify it. You know, I tell them, like, look, they're just cards with pictures. There's no magic on them. They're no magic spells you're casting. Yeah, I don't I don't cast spells. It's just card with pictures that were like, you know, duplicated and sold through Amazon. But it's okay if you're not comfortable. Just thought, you know, because so you just try to you try to feel them out, it sounds like to see where they're at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I, I would mention, Chris, is besides just the tarot cards, something else that people really, really dig. And it was actually the first thing that I ever bought were angel cards. Um, oh, yeah. I've heard of those. Yeah. One of my favorite decks, and it's super... Oh, my gosh. It's so expensive now because I, I think that it might be going out of print. But my favorite angel card deck ever was done by somebody named Kimberly Marooney, the Angel Blessing cards. They're just so beautiful. And like that was my, you know, my gateway into the tarot cards. So people who were very religious feel more comfortable. Like if they feel like they just need to feel like really supported and really loved, it's something that some people like, and some people even put them in there. I've seen them in waiting rooms. Like that's a great idea. Yeah. I've seen them in yoga studios too. Like when you walk in, they're like, Oh, do you want to put one down by your mat? Like that. Let us know if you wanted hands-on adjustments day. Mm -hmm. 
And one other thing that it seems like male clients really like are animal totem cards where they have pictures of animals and children like it too. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And I don't work with kids, but, you know, it seems to be a hit, you know, a home run. For them to connect with. Absolutely. Because it's in our environment, you know, and then you just, if it's something that you enjoy, there's a lot of symbolism about different animals and like what they mean and how does that animal make you feel? And you'd be surprised what clients are talking about a situation. You're like, okay, do you, you know, do you want to work with the animal cards today? So it's a medium is, you know, is what I'm saying is a medium is anything that just helps somebody get to the core of their feelings. It's just, I think any help that it can give you in a session with somebody and it helps them tune in a little better. I'm all about that. Yeah, I hear that. So I know you're releasing a course in the fall called Tarot for Counselors. Can you share more about that? Yeah. So I'm basically just beta testing this first round because I've never taught this before. So I put a a link on my OpenKey Tarot site to sign up for it. So what are some of the things that I'm going to be covering? And I'm going to launch it for free the first time because I just because I want feedback on it because I've never taught this to clinicians. Of course. Yeah. So I, I just want super amount of feedback and hear what people have to say. So I want to go over some basics on tarot. I want to just give some history, foundational stuff. I want to teach, I'm going to teach how to do this teletherapy because so many of us are doing teletherapy because I've got a little system going on how to do that screen to screen. I'm going to go over how to use a couple different theoretical orientations with the cards. I'm going to go over how to pick some cards in terms of like, which ones are good for you? Like, do you want to grab angel cards? Do you feel like you'd rather just have the animal totem cards? We're going to cover some systems. Like I have, you know, a couple like steps to go over. Like what's the first thing you should do? Like if you're going to do this with a client, first step, second step. So step by step. step. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel really passionate about this because I know there are people who want to dip a toe in this and they're nervous. And I understand it, it's nerve wracking. You're like, I don't know, should I do this? It's a little scary. Yeah, I want to I test it out. Because I've never heard of anything like this for counselors. That's why I was so excited to find you and discover that you're creating this course. I mean, it's so exciting. Yeah. And I'll go over a couple methods because I have another class that I teach, which is basically like intro to tarot. People are welcome to take that. And I'll probably relaunch that in the fall as well. But just going over like how to educate, just some of the questions that you asked me today, how yeah, to prepare, yeah. all those things that you know you need to know. Because some people just, they've never even touched cards. They were, they're so afraid of it. And giving that information out and making people feel comfortable. So I'm hoping to do like a four week class, run it through Zoom. And again, just this is a beta test and then get the feedback afterwards and go from there. So yeah, I've got the sign up on my OpenKey Tarot site. And then I'm going to start promoting it here in the next week. So yeah. Excellent. So we'll put that link in the show notes as well, which is on my website. Perfect. For listeners. So what is a holistic strategy that you use as part of your daily practice? For me, I am a pranayama person and pranayama is yoga breathing. So I just get up in the morning. I just sit 
And I do several types of pranayama that I learned from studying Ayurveda. And then after that, I do my own tarot practice with journaling because it just helps me clear out anything that I did not mentally process out the day before. And I will just do like a one card draw is what I call. And I'll, I teach this in my class that I'm launching. You know, I just ask myself, okay, what do I need to deal with with myself today? Or, you know, what is it that I feel unclear about? And I just, you know, shuffle my deck and I just pull a card and I look at it and I'm like, okay, what does this say to me? What am I feeling? And I just journal it out. And so that's a practice for me. And then if I have time in the morning, I get on my yoga mat (laughs) because I need that in a big way. Me too. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. But I think that's, that's a perfect, I'm all about morning routine, but I think that's a perfect start to the morning for someone to really look at that and what do I need or what's coming up for me today and to journal and, Mm -hmm. and to have that thought in your brain of like, what is it that I need to work on today? It definitely is, Chris. I learned early on that like for me, morning is just the best time of day for me. And I know some people are like, no, I'm an evening person. But for me, it's definitely morning. That ritual of just doing the breathing, getting myself clear. And if for some reason, I just like at night, I can't seem to like do something like that. It's just definitely a morning ritual. Okay. So what's a takeaway you could share today that could help listeners that are just starting their holistic journey? I think the first and most important thing is it's okay to have a little bit of skepticism as you're starting, but it's also important to have an open mind and know that like the world is changing so much and that these types of modalities like tarot are way more accepted now than they were 20 years ago. And it's okay to just dip a toe and explore. Perfect. I think that's great. And what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? So right now you can find me at openkeytarot.com or the Open Key Tarot Facebook page or Instagram. My other site's not quite done. I'm sorry, go ahead. ahead. I just said the other one's not done. You said, yeah, it's not finished yet. Okay, that's fine. Do you have any recommendations for card decks? Yeah. Uh, for Any links to that? You can send that to me if you want. Yeah, absolutely. I will send some good ones. And I will also send to you, there's a new book that's coming out in the fall. I don't own it yet. And I'm really excited about the history of tarot and tarot pictures and the tarot symbolism. And it looks, it, it's kind of expensive. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I saw it on Amazon based on my own purchases. I was like, wow, this looks amazing. And I think for like any clinician who really wants to learn a little bit more and to make themselves feel comfortable getting into this area of, you know, holistic counseling, it might be a great read, but I think it's coming out in the fall. Okay, great. And we'll get that from you for the show notes too, so that everybody has some of these resources. And thank you so much, Paula, for coming on today and sharing all this background on how to use tarot cards and counseling. It was my pleasure. This has been great. And like I said, this is new to me. So that's why I was so happy to find that you had this course going on and and hopefully listeners can connect with that as well through the show notes. And I want to thank my listeners for continuing to support the show. Did you like today's episode? Please subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss the next one. And again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. 
If you're loving the show, will you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? We just started this and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.